Hey everyone, so it's so good to be connected to you even though I don't know where you are or um, how far away you are. I kind of have this feeling we're connected, so that's amazing. Um, we are going through a sermon series at the moment on looking at covenant relationship. Now you might think, what on earth is covenant? So I'll explain it. Covenant is basically an agreement or a contract, let's say, where two parties or people come together voluntarily um, and come into this binding relationship. And in context of the Bible, which is where we're looking, um, God has given us an amazing opportunity to come in to this binding relationship with him. And Kev, um, Riley, very helpfully, a few weeks ago when he introduced this series, helpfully took us to, through the scriptures of the Bible to show how God, throughout time, has been restoring us in to this perfect covenant relationship with the Father. But he could only fully achieve that um, when Jesus came and died for us on the cross. And now we're looking at the book of Acts, and we're on chapter 3. Jesus has died, he's risen, and before he died, he said to his disciples, um, I, will, I will be with you, I will never leave you. And yet he's died and he's gone to heaven, but the disciples are now experiencing his presence with them through the Holy Spirit, because there's been an outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And this is where we're at in the story. Um, and um, they've been given gifts as part of this covenant relationship. They've been given these amazing gifts from heaven. And one of those gifts they've been given, we're going to look at today, is the gift of healing. So turn in your Bibles to uh, chapter 3 of Acts. And I'm just going to read, I'm going to basically split this into three different sections. And I'm going to look at different people's perspectives to help us really get into the text and understand the context of it. So I'm just going to read firstly verse... 1 to 6 it says now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer the ninth hour and a man lame from birth was being carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple now alms are basically donations to the poor seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple he asked to receive alms and Peter directed his gaze at him as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Wow. Amazing. Um, so let's just bring some context into this. This is the hour of prayer. Now, it was Jewish custom to have three hours of prayer throughout the day, and they start their day at 6 a.m. So the first hour of prayer is at 9 a.m., then they have prayer at lunchtime, and then they have prayer in the afternoon. And when they say the ninth hour, they actually mean three o'clock in the afternoon because they started at 6 a.m., that makes sense. And so just to bring some context to this, this is Jerusalem, this is Temple Mount, this is the temple where they come and they pray and worship the Jewish people. And this is the same hour, the ninth hour is the same hour that Jesus actually died on the cross. And Peter and John are coming to the temple to pray and worship, and yet there's something different because they are now filled with the Holy Spirit and the presence of God with them. And the lame man knows that um, Jewish people have an obligation um, especially religious people, to give to the poor. So he's coming expectant, and we're coming expectant because we know something's changed, and, and Peter, John are coming to the situation in, in a completely different context because they've got the power of God with them. And Peter knows this, 
And I think things that we can pick out of this passage, um, especially about Peter, if we look at this section from Peter's perspective, um, we can see he has authority. So we can see his authority. Um, he, he knows that something has changed in him because of the Spirit coming, and he comes ready to bring the kingdom of God. Now, what do I mean by kingdom of God? Because um, when Jesus came, he often said, the kingdom of heaven is here, or the kingdom of God is here. What does that mean? Well, kingdom um, means king's domain. So when Jesus is saying, the kingdom of heaven is here, he's saying, my rule and reign is here, heaven is here. <clears throat> so anything can happen. Um, and... Peter knew that and he knew he was armed with this truth that the power of God was with him. And not only that, but he had the Holy Spirit with him. And the Holy Spirit is a person. So he knew that wherever he went, the power of God in him was so much more powerful than anything he could see, any any sickness that he could see on the street. He knew the power of God was in him and was much more powerful. Now, in Romans 8, it says that those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And Peter also knew this. He knew his identity. So he knew he had authority. He knew he had the Holy Spirit with him. And he also knew his identity. And that's really important that we remember that. Because Peter knew that he was a new creation because of what Jesus had done for him on the cross. See, what Jesus has done on the cross is that he has paid for all of Peter's sins. Every wrong he's ever done and every wrong we as humans have ever done throughout the history of time, Jesus, in his holy, perfect, immense sacrifice that he made on the cross, took the punishment that we deserved for the offence that we caused to God. Jesus took all of that punishment in his body on the crucifix as he died on that tree into himself, and he paid the price so that anyone who puts their trust in him can be set free and can know the Father, can be set free from all sin, all shame, and come into this amazing relationship with the Father again. Hallelujah. And and Peter knew this. He knew he was a new creation. He knew he'd been born again of God, and he had a new identity, so that when God looked at him, he saw the purity and the holiness of Jesus. And, And he knew that he was coming into this context, just knowing who he was, He also knew he had a purpose. Jesus had commissioned him to bring the good news and to bring the kingdom of God. So he was coming with this this power in him, this authority, um, this identity. He knew he was a son of God. Um, And I think often as believers, we often forget that we have been born again, that we have a new identity. And we need to remind ourselves of this identity that at those of us who have chosen to trust in Jesus and who believe, we are born again. We have a new identity. And um, we have been given not only freedom from our sins, but we've been given these gifts from heaven, these spiritual gifts. And um, you might think, what other gifts are there? I'm interested in these gifts. What are the gifts that you can receive from heaven? So there is the gift of healing, which is what we're going to look at today. The gift of um, spiritual language we looked at last week. There's loads of other gifts. Um, The gift of administration, one that we really need in church. Um, The gift of discernment, being able to discern between good and bad spirits. The gift of prophecy. There's loads that we can um, receive. And I believe people have been given specific gifts to the areas that they're called to. Um, And you might think, oh, that person over there's got an amazing gift of faith. Um, I wish I had that gift of faith. But actually, 
I feel like God has given us specific gifts according to where he's called you to the harvest that he wants you to bring in. Hallelujah. But we can ask for gifts, and we'll find out more about that later. So in Matthew 10, Jesus says, Proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have been given, so freely give away. It is incredible that we not only have been restored to the Father so we can have this relationship, but we've been given these gifts, these powerful gifts of healing, of faith, of, of um, language that we can speak with God in. And it's just, I, I think we need to just remember how incredible it is that we've been given these spiritual gifts. And um, that's why Peter can so confidently say, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I freely give to you. Because he knew the power in him was so much greater than money. The money that this poor man was asking for, he knew he could give him so much more. And God has called us to be that confident. God has called us to be like Peter, to, have, to use the authority we've been given, to know our identity and who we are, and to be confident in him not in who we are but in who he is and what he can do and um, so verse the next section is verse 7 to 11 i'll just read that um and he peter took him the lame man by the right hand and raised him up and immediately his feet and his ankles were made strong and leaping up he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognised him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them into the portico called Solomon's. Wow. It's amazing um, that we have just... That, that he just got up and just started walking like that. It's so incredible. Um, I feel like um, if we look at this perspective of the lame man, um, that there was a, such a humility that he had. And um, some of the things that, that really we can draw out of this passage is um, what did he do? What did this lame man do when he came into contact with spirit-filled believers? He had expectation, we know that, because he's coming and he's asking for help. He had humility, he knew he was weak and he needed help. Um, he obeyed. Now, when Peter says, get up and walk, and he gets up, I think that's a huge thing. If you had been lame for your whole life and you were over 40, and we know he's over 40 because we find out in the next chapter, this man has been lame for over 40 years and some person who he doesn't know comes along and says to him, get up and walk. Would you? I mean, I don't know if I would. And this man obediently gets up and as he gets up, he's healed. He takes a step of faith. And I think sometimes our steps of faith might feel small to us, but they could be massive in the kingdom because God works in a different currency to us. He, he works in the currency of faith. So if we give him and invest a little bit of faith in him, he will give us back so much more than we could ever dream or imagine. And um, I think it's amazing that the first miracle that happened after Pentecost was the healing of a poor, lame man. And that it, it speaks so loudly of you know, who Jesus came to save. Those who need a doctor, those who know that they need help, those who are humble enough to come to him and ask for help. 
And um, I think if we truly want to experience the power of God, we need to come with that humility, like the lame man, and, and ask for help. Um, and, and to put away our pride and, and think that we've got it all sorted, because we don't. And um, if you're sitting there thinking, ah, oh, God doesn't know my situation. Um, he doesn't see what's going on here. Um, God does see. One of his names, one of the names of God is called El Roy. God sees. So he sees you. If you're feeling forgotten today, he sees you and he knows you and he loves you. And some of you might be feeling really discouraged because you're like, it's not that easy, Alice, to just pray for someone on the street and see them healed. Um, I, I mean, I personally have prayed for people, for many people. Some of them, one person I prayed for at work, I prayed for a colleague and they actually got worse. I mean, it's embarrassing. They got worse. I don't know what the cause was. But um, I kept praying and I kept praying. And, and then I've prayed for people and they've been miraculously healed. I prayed for our cleaner last year. She had um, really horrible um, pain that she was in and she'd been to the hospital, been to the doctors. They couldn't diagnose it. Um, I can't remember if it was in her stomach or her back, but I remember it was, it was like in her body. And... Um, she was complaining about this ailment, and so I said, can I, can I, I believe God heals, can I pray for you? I didn't say anything spectacular, I just asked God to come and heal her. And it was amazing, her eyes just opened in like amazement, and um, she said to me, it's something along the lines of, you have power. And I was like, uh, well I guess I do, but it's, it's from God, it's not from me. And um, she was so overwhelmed, she kind of gave me this huge hug and then ran out the door, kind of terrified but she'd been healed supernaturally and as far as I know it never came back I mean I've seen her many times since so praise God she got healed and I feel like if we get stuck in that place of discouragement I could have been stuck in that place of discouragement that when I prayed for someone they got worse but I didn't I kept coming back and we have to keep coming back to God and believe that he can heal and that he will use us to bring his kingdom and to heal and I don't understand why some people get healed and some and others don't but we must come with childlike faith and believe that he can and will do these miracles. And I believe he will, and he will keep doing them. It's so important that we come with humility like this lame man and have soft hearts. So the final section, I'm just going to read verses 12 to uh, 21. Um, and we're going to just cover this. So, And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people. Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this, or why do you stare at us, as though through our own power or piety we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate, when he had decided to release him. But you denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, and you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses, and his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. And, I know, and now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed to you, a Christ appointed for you, Jesus, 
whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Wow. So let's look at this section from the perspective of people looking on, the bystanders, effectively Jewish believers who were gathered at the temple at this time. Now, they've just witnessed these two men come past, a blind, uh, a lame man who's been there, and they know him, they recognise him. He's the one that sits by the beautiful gate. They all know who this man is. He's, he's over 40, he's been lame for his whole life. They know who he is. And they've just witnessed Peter and John come up, fishermen, and pray for him and speak at him. And suddenly, this man who's never been able to walk jumps up. I mean, it's incredible. The, 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 the Greek translation of leaping up, the words leaping up. Luke, who wrote this, this book, is a doctor. And when he um, uses the Greek here, it's very medical language. And the, and the language he uses of leaping up actually means bones that were out of place coming back together fusing back together and it's an amazing illustration of what happens when we choose to follow Jesus that things were out of place suddenly all make sense suddenly come back together and this is what happens and this this man can leap up and praise God it's wonderful and um, um, people looking on must have been like who are these men that can just speak to someone and see them healed I mean I would have been like wow who are these men and um, I think one purpose of miracles is to bring us encouragement and faith when we go through really hard times, when we go through times of suffering, where we have to persevere. Miracles are the most amazing faith bringer, aren't they? Like when I've gone through hard times, I've looked back and I've been like, well, God did this and God healed me of this and God healed that person and God did this miracle and it builds my faith and then I'm able to run the race and keep going. And I think that's one of the purposes of miracles, just to build faith. And, and this, this group of Jewish people that are watching on are filled with wonder and amazement. And that's amazing that they're, that they're so captive. It, you know, miracles can give us a captive audience. And um, if we are looking on today, um, I don't know if you're a believer, if you're a believer but you don't believe in miracles, or if you're not a believer at all and you're just searching for God, I believe we can all learn from this passage. We can learn from the people looking on that it's so good to be in wonder. It's good to be in wonder about what had happened here and express our curiosity. Because if God is who he says he is, if for those who have put their trust in him, he fills us with his spirit and his power and gives us gifts that we can go and heal the sick, that's incredible, isn't it? We need to express ourselves and just acknowledge how incredible that is, that the kingdom of heaven has come to earth and those who trust Jesus can bring the kingdom. It's amazing. And um, Jesus, when he came, just opened up. He's like a gateway that's opened up heaven to earth. And and, and the Gospels tell us in the Bible that... um, Yeah, the Gospels tell us that when Jesus died, the hour that he died on the cross, there was a massive thick curtain that separated the people of God from the holiest, holiest of holies where God's presence was. And the hour that he died, that curtain miraculously ripped from top to bottom so that the people of God no longer had to be separated from the presence of God. And the presence of God could come and live within the people and the people could have the presence of God living with them. Hallelujah. It's amazing. Um, There's no longer any division between God and humans because of what Jesus has done. 
And Peter knows this. He knows that by, by using the name of Jesus, the authority um, and his sonship, he can bring the power of heaven to earth. And um, as onlookers, we need to question, do we have faith this miracle happened? Do we have faith we could go out and pray for someone now and see them healed? Are we willing to step out? Because the, the lame man was willing to take that step of faith. Are we willing to take that step of faith? Um, it's a hard-hitting a hard-hitting gospel um, sermon that Peter preaches. Now, if you look at the sermon that he did in Acts 1, two chapters previously, it's not as hard-hitting as this one. This is full-on. I mean, he had a captive audience. They were full of wonder. They were full of amazement. They were like putty in his hands. And then he goes in with a very accusational sermon. Um, and he says, you handed them over to be killed. You disowned him. You said you'd prefer a murderer to be released to you rather than Jesus. You killed the author of life. And, wow. I think he had to be that strong because they were that strong in their faith and their religiosity. And I think we can have the spirit of um, this religious spirit that we think we've got it all sorted. And they had that and they missed Jesus. They were blind by their religiosity. And we can have that as people... Um, that we just miss, we miss God because we're, we think we've got it all sorted. And um, I've seen the spirit of religiosity or the religious spirit come out so much in recent months because things have gone bad and have gone wrong with many people in this time. And the spirit of, the religious spirit has just risen up and there's been so many accusations. You see it in the media, you see it in um, politics, you see it in friends and family, people just accusing each other. Um, and having hard hearts. And Jesus, when he was here, he said, you know, before you start accusing people, take the plank out of your own eye before you start looking at the speck in someone else's. And, and Peter, in this passage, says, um, um, you may have acted in ignorance, but you can repent and turn towards God, and times of refreshing and healing will come. Hallelujah. We can repent. Jesus has made a way for us to come back to the Father. And um, it's so easy to harden our hearts and miss God, but I do not want us to do that. And uh, I urge you, church, and those of you who are just visiting us, don't harden your hearts towards God. Keep your hearts soft. Come humbly like the lame man towards him. Um, And times of refreshing will come to you. John... um, John 12, Jesus quotes the prophet Isaiah and he says, um, God blinded eyes and hardened hearts so that eyes couldn't see and hearts couldn't understand. They would not turn to me, Jesus said, that I might heal them. They would not turn to me that I would heal. We just need to turn to him, to repent and turn to him and we can know times of refreshing and healing. Hallelujah. Um, I think it's remarkable that we have the, the capacity and the capability to reject God. He has given us that choice. And I, I know for years I rejected him. But he's made a way for us to come back to him through Jesus. And um, hallelujah, we've, got, we've been given this chance for forgiveness, to live with him forever as sons and daughters of God. Um, it's outrageous. So as I just conclude now... Um, I do want to pray for the sick. I've asked a few friends at church um, 
to, to ask God specifically if there's any specific ailments that, he, that they feel that God wants to heal today. And I've got a few myself, so I will read them out. But I just want us all to know that we can come into this binding covenant relationship with the Father through Jesus. And um, God has said that nothing good will he withhold from those who love him. Nothing good. There is no good gift that he will withhold from his children. And I believe that to be true. As we come into this covenant relationship, as we turn away from our sins and we turn towards him and receive these gifts from heaven, nothing can separate us from his love and nothing can separate us from having good gifts from him. And um, in Matthew 7, it says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And one who knocks, the door will be opened. So we can come to the Father today. We can come to Jesus today and know that we can ask and we will receive. We will. This is a promise. Uh, and so if you want to ask for gifts today, you can ask for gifts. He will give good gifts to his children. That's a promise. Let's come with humility like the lame man. Let's come with confidence like Peter and know our authority and, and know our identity in him as children of God confident that he will bring his kingdom in and through us and i believe we will see healing not just of bodies but of minds of relationships he's going to do a great work in us and his kingdom is living in us and, and he wants to bring that through us into the people that we are in contact with around us um so um i think what I might do is just, before we, we're going to head over to have a response song now, but for those of you that do want healing, I'm going to read out some of the specific ailments we feel God wants to heal today. And if you feel like one of these um, ailments uh, resonates with you, we've got a Zoom set up. So just below this video, there's a link to a Zoom call that you can um, go into and we'll, we'll be more than happy to pray with you. If you're not a believer and you feel like, I would love to know Jesus. I would love to come into a relationship with him and turn away from doing things my own way and turn towards him and receive his love and forgiveness and gifts of heaven. We would love to pray for you as well. So please, you're, you're so welcome to come into the Zoom as well. Um, or if you just want any healing, you're really welcome as well. So we're going to head over there now. And for everyone else, we're going to head to um, a response song. We're going to sing about the love of Jesus. He is our fountain. And um, yeah, it's a beautiful song. And then Luke's going to do communion with us. So before we go, I'm just going to read out. So specific healings. We have faith for someone who's got an aching knee, someone who's got chronic depression, um, liver problems, both Rich and I felt that someone with a problem in their left wrist, um, eye problems, um, and then a sports inju injury that um, Rich felt someone felt like they needed to go to hospital for. So if any of those resonate, or if you want healing, if you want to know Jesus, please come into the Zoom. Otherwise, enjoy this beautiful song. <laughs> 